It's getting hot in here. Did someone turn so on that heat? So take off all your clothes. I getting so hot. I want to take my clothes off. Okay, we're podcasting. <laughs> uh, so we thought we would want to talk about college today. Yeah, because you just graduated in the spring, and we're approaching fall time, and that's the worst time, because that's when your summer's over, and you go back to school. Boo! Boo! College sucks, boo! Just kidding. Well, you just graduated in the spring. Yeah. Your diploma's on the wall. Yeah, boo, I see you! It looks dope. Oh, thank you. How does it feel knowing that you're not going back to school ever again? And, like, not in the fall. Feels good. Well, let me put it this way. What does it feel? I'm going to walk you through it. <laughs> I was talking to my brother who is going back to school. <laughs> Fuck you, Marlon. Uh, he's going back. To, he's actually going to Chapman for his second year. Um, but I was talking to him and he was like, yeah, I'm going on a trip. And then school starts. And I'm like, ah, I totally didn't even think of that. Mm-hmm. Like it hasn't even crossed. My, once I walked the stage, I had like checked off something in my mind where I was like, this is never going to be a concern again. Mm-hmm. So when I talked to my brother and he was like, you know, I got to go back to school. I was like, totally forgot about Sucks that whole suck institution about having to count down the days and feel that shitty feeling it's done uh, i'm sure i'll get it elsewhere now but i'm done with school uh but we did want to talk about i mean there's like a lot to you know we could talk about we, we you've spent a lot of years in school uh i've spent four years in college and uh, a lot of people who watch this i'm sure still go to college so could apply could apply could what was Give me all right. Let's start at the beginning. Yeah, shall I like we? that. Okay. When you like applied for schools and everything like that, what was what was your gimmick? What were what were you looking for? What was your life about? Uh, when I was applying for schools, uh, I was it was all baseball. Um, I was trying to aim for schools that I would have a good chance at getting innings. Like I wasn't just going to be on the team; I was going to get to play. Right. Uh, but at the same time, I wanted to go to good, you know, competitive schools. Uh, there was a community college that I was thinking about. And then there was Chapman. Uh, there was also uh, University of uh, Kansas, uh, but it wasn't didn't really work out. I had a couple of scouts, but it, nothing panned out. So I went to Chapman because I had spoken with the coach, uh, and he seemed to have some interest in catchers. And uh, I just thought I could, I could, I thought I could, you know, be. So a good you fit. had no academic goals at all. That's not true. I mean, I picked Chapman over. You a community had college. minor academic goals. Well, here's what happened. At I, all. Well, here's what happened. Here's what happened. I was planning on going to community college because I was going to sacrifice good academics for a couple of years of playing baseball. Right. But then I got into Chapman, which uh-huh. was a little bit of a reach school for me. It wasn't so a reach school, but it was kind of reachy. Right. Because, well, people that are watching that don't know what Chapman University is, it, it, will you explain it? It's a, it's a little... Yeah. It's, it's expensive. It's a private school. It's a private school. It's, but it's got a good reputation for its right. programs. And, and it, ha- it has like a lot of good like film arts, yes. like that sort of thing. It's a very... like. I mean, you don't for want to say you, prestigious, but it's up there. You know, it's like they people. Yeah, for know those about of you it. that aren't in the state of California or have never been to the state of California, it's what you would picture a California school is like. Yes, it's that's like a good way people to put it. people are studying film yes. and television. They're studying in the entertainment industry. It's a good it's, looking campus. It's a good looking campus. It's you know sort of exclusive that yeah. sort of vibe. And it's expensive. And so. it's expensive. Uh, so yeah, like so then Chapman accepted me, which was uh, it was I had been on put on the hold on mm-hmm. waiting list, and then after that I got accepted. So I had already basically made like moving plans for the community college. Everything was already set, and oh, then I wow. got into Chapman, and I was like. I, I had to tell my best friend, Andrew, I was like, because we were going to room together. Oh. I had to, uh, dude, I'm so sorry, but you I have to You were that guy. Yeah. 
I was that guy. It's all right. You guys are still friends. Yeah, we're still friends. You know Andrew. He's come over and hung out. But um, yeah, that's what happened. And he was, balls too. He plays baseball. Yep. He plays now at Cal State LA. Um, he's a baller. I, you know, he's fucking good. Cal State LA is no joke. Right. Um, so yeah, to answer your question, I did have like, you know, when I chose Chapman, obviously academics were a thought because I could have still gone to the community college. Right. But I went to uh, Chapman. Uh, mm-hmm. So yeah. What about you? What, what were you, when you were applying in high school, um, what was, I mean, I know you, you went from, uh, Rochester to Boston mm-hmm. when you went to school. Was that the goal? Did you want to go into Boston or did you kind of just, <laughs> that happened? It was, hi, Marble, I see you, honey. He's looking at me. He said, mom, what are you doing? <laughs> um, when I was in high school, my high school, I think when I graduated was ranked number 11 best high school in the nation at one point it was like number three like basically everyone goes to really really amazing colleges there's about 1400 kids in the high school ninth through 12th grade and uh yeah everyone just is way fucking smart and i was sort of regular and my only goal was to just leave the state of new york (laughs) so i made a compromise with my mom and she was like, you're just going to apply. You have to apply to one state school just so that's like your backup, 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 backup. And I think it was also just because, you know, when you go in state, you save a lot of money just as an option. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I applied to six schools. They, five of them were out of state. Uh, two of them were in Massachusetts. Two of them were in Maryland. Uh, one was in Rhode Island. And then I applied to fucking a SUNY school in New York that I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. I'm, I'm totally just throwing that one away. I'm not going. <laughs> Thanks for reading my application. Yeah, Bye. But fuck you. <laughs> and uh, when I brought my list into my school counselor, he sort of like laughed at me and was like, these are all safe schools. I'm like, yeah, I don't fucking care. I don't care. I really don't fucking care. Like, I just want to go to a big city. That's it. That's all I want. And like, who are you to tell me that I can't go? I want to go. That's, that's all I got. He's like, all right, good. And I sort of half believed him. And then I got accepted into all six schools. Oh shit. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, fuck yeah. Choices. How you doing? I see you choices. Uh, but for, for someone that, you know, has always felt very average their entire life. Like for example, my brother went to Cornell He's a material science engineer. He finished his PhD when he was 25. And Devin was not even the smartest kid in our school. Yeah. Like, by a mile. Damn, Brighton is fucking working it. It, it was, it was <clears throat> fucking intense. I yeah. mean, we had plenty of fucking retarded-ass people in our school, too. You know what I mean? <laughs> Literally and figuratively. <laughs> I went there. Sorry, I said it. Um, <clears throat> but, like, for the majority of our school, it was sort of like, you know... I'm fairly smart, but I felt like a dumbass all the time. So I got into all my schools, and I went and visited them. And as soon as I got to Suffolk, which is where I went in Boston, I was like, this is it. It was like the most freezing day of all time. I was with my mom. Like, the wind was just, like, piercing. Like, this, everything was covered in ice. There's a lot of hills because the school is sort of spread out. There's no campus. It's just sort of scattered around the city. Okay, got it. And so we were, like, walking up and down the streets just covered in ice. And, uh... I was like, yeah, this is dope. My mom's like, really? Really? Like, are we doing the same thing right now? Like, this sucks. Like, this whole day sucks. And I was like, no, I'm going here. This is dope. (laughs) And then... uh, Became captain. And then I went. That's later down the road. We're starting at the beginning. That's true. We're starting at dat ginning, dope, boo. Dat ginning. So, yeah, I I went to Boston. 
that was my gimmick. And what were, you said there were two schools in Massachusetts that you uh, got into. Yeah. What was the other one? Framingham State. Framingham State. Okay. They had a really good teaching program. Got it. Just because that's, you know. It's what you do in me Framingham. And, <laughs> me and children are at the same level of maturity, so that's always been an option for me. Yeah. Uh, and your mom points out right now, no one was there at Suffolk. Yeah, no one was there. Dude, nobody was there. Like, at least when we went to, like, I went to, I almost went to Towson. I really like Towson in Maryland. Okay. Um, you know, we had a great guide. Like, we got a tour around the campus. Like, it was nice out. It was fucking awesome. And I was like, yeah, this is dope. And then we went to Suffolk. And I don't even think anyone showed us around the campus. Like, like we couldn't. There's nobody in the offices. Like, it's just nothing. And I'm like, it eh, doesn't matter. Seems cool. But I did not have any goals to play softball. And I also was just trying to go to a liberal, liberal arts school because I had no idea what I wanted to study. So I was really just, I was like making my decision based on the fact that I wanted to live in a city. Because for those of you that have ever been to Rochester or know what Rochester, New York is, it kind of makes you itch for a city after a while. (laughs) That's interesting. I didn't know that you had, you know, no softball in mind when you no softball in mind. Very, very interesting. Yep. Well, that's cool. I mean, it's. I mean, I couldn't picture a more opposite time of visiting a college. Went to Orange, beautiful, sunny, eighty-two and sunny right. Orange County. The campus is booming with students, like beautiful <laughs> people everywhere. I'm getting a tour from really, one though, beautiful really, person. No, can we elaborate on that for a second? Your school really does have beautiful people, and they're all outrageously rich and spoiled. Yes, like, I met. I met a kid. Yeah, Julian like didn't have a car when he started there. Well, most people don't have a car when they go to college, but not, like your junior and senior year, maybe you no. have a car if you can get one or afford one. These kids at your school would have two cars. Uh, I knew a kid who had a BMW. And a Hummer. And then there was also his friend who had a, a Mustang, like a, I know it was a Challenger, I think, a, a Dodge Challenger. And uh, he had another, I forget his other car. It wasn't a great car, Fucking but it was just. Yeah. I mean, I, I, I bought my own car when I was a senior in college. Right. You were there for that. Uh, and I had ridden my bike everywhere before yeah. that. Like I got, I ridden my bike so much that I was like, you know what? I need to invest. I bought a, a road bike on eBay and I would ride to school. Uh, which is like two and a half miles. I'd ride back and whatever, a couple times a day. And then on the weekends, I would have to come to LA to work at Amp Radio. So I would uh, ride to the train station, take my bike on the train, switch to like fourth, you know, trains, and then I would ride from the train station in LA. It was like a total of what? Like, I mean, if you were if you're, all total, the train time and then also for you to get to Amp Radio and back. Yeah. So uh, if you're calculating from my door in Anaheim to Amp Radio, it's probably like two and a half hours when really if you take a car, it's about 50 minutes. Right, but, but I'm saying how many miles did you bike during that yeah, total No, that's trek? a good question. Well, it's like two miles. It was two miles from my house in Orange to the train, to station. The train station. And then it was seven miles from, from the, train the train station, station. to Amp Radio well, like or two, to your house. To my house. And then I would go from my house, house to Amp Radio. And I would then go, what, how far is it from your house to Amp Radio? Like seven miles. The train station's right near Amp Radio. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But I got used to it and I honestly loved it. Like for those of you who have ridden bikes for like commutes, you find it to be a little bit therapeutic because not only you don't have to worry about, you know, whether you carpool or anything like that, but you have no worries about traffic ever. You always just fly down the street. Mm. And also, you know, it's something about getting up in the morning or wherever you're going, you know, whatever time of day and getting on your bike. It's just it's a good feeling. Like for those of you who have ridden a road bike, it's a really good feeling. It gets you, you know, you a little bit euphoric from riding. But um, I got my car senior year. And then I was just like a full-on adult. Like I could go places and, mm-hmm. you know, it was really good. Yeah, but back to the kids having two cars. That's yes. that's what I want to talk about. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> yeah. 
That's that's a type of person that we're talking about goes to Chapman. Unfortunately, Chapman is populated by a lot of rich, snobby kids who have because they much. grew up in Orange County and and, and surrounding or, areas. Or yeah, or a similar area wherever they Northern are. I mean, California. even if it's like a different state, they grew up in that yeah. lifestyle. Right. You know what I mean? Right. So it's the culture of your school. Yeah. I had the pleasure of visiting Chapman. Don't get me wrong, I like Chapman, but uh, you certainly get that vibe when you're there. This like yeah. We're rich and better than you, mo fuck. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. No. It's Anyways, pretty straightforward. Take, take us through your freshman year, Julian. Well, I take you through the whole year. It's not that eventful, but but um, my freshman year was um, well, you stay in the dorms freshman year, right? Like I'm sure you know every other college. Uh, so I had two roommates at first. You know, there's this thing called, uh, I'm sure everyone has a similar thing, orientation week. So basically, school hasn't started yet. You have a whole week, Monday through Friday and the weekend, of basically like events thrown by the school, whether it's like parties uh-huh. or like meet and greet type things right? Uh, to get you socializing with your new classmates. Uh, but you're basically, I mean, it, it boils down to you being drunk for seven days in a row. Like you get there, you get to school and you like, you're best friends with your roommate because that's all you really have. You don't know anyone and everyone's in the same boat. So when I think of freshman year, honestly... It's sad, but I mean, that's a little bit the high point. You know what I mean? Like I had a great, I think that um, I had a great time. I met some cool people, stayed in the dorms. I liked the dorms. But as the year went on, um, I got hurt, couldn't play baseball. So that was really foreign to me. I had to like sit in my room and not do things. I had Dreams to, crushed. Yeah. I mean, Tell I, us what you hurt. I hurt my back. I uh, fractured a spine. I had this thing called, uh, uh, I didn't fracture a spine. I fractured a uh, a vertebrae. vertebrae. Uh, it's called spondylolysis. For those of you who can look it up, it's basically when there's a crack in your vertebrae, and uh, it basically equates for you to have have to do a lot of rehab and therapy up to the surrounding muscles. Because uh, basically, any movement when that first happens is just twisting movement. The twisting, right? yeah, the twisting is what um, really causes pain. And so I was just so beached. you can't bat, you can't throw. Everything in baseball, <laughs> you can't was catch. Done. Yeah, I couldn't do anything in baseball. You, I guess you could walk if you got to walk. Yeah designated walker i i couldn't do much there was one point where i was like i couldn't like walk and i was taking vicodin and that wasn't even helping and it was just fucking horrible but enough about my sob story i wasn't playing baseball freshman year so a lot of my freshman year was filled up with like kind of alone time in my dorm room and kind of not really having that much friends that many friends i just didn't have uh i wasn't in my comfort zone i didn't have my teammates that i normally had it was Mm -hmm. just kind of a weird time um, but you know, I lived in the dorm. I liked living in the dorm. I liked biking around campus. I had a longboard. I rode that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it's just like you kind of find what's cool about freshman year is you really just kind of learn for the first time in your life to find your way. You know, in high school you're independent, but you don't really like do everything yourself. You don't mm-hmm. have to be your own boss, but yeah, that's what I remember most. Mm. Yeah, what about you? Um, I also lived in a dorm. I think because I came from out of state and I didn't really realize when, because you already know my criteria of picking my college, uh, I didn't really realize how big of a commuter school it was. So in order to get student housing, there's only two dorms. One's like 11 floors and one was like 15 floors or something. Um, but that's it for everybody. <laughs> so you're you're only guaranteed housing one year, maybe. And then usually the only way to get a second year of housing is if you were like an RA or something like that because they kick everybody the fuck out. And then you – because it's a huge commuter school, which Mm -hmm. is what I didn't realize. Um, So many people come in from the suburbs of Boston. But uh, 
I lived in the dorm my freshman year and I lived in just like a, you know, with one other person. But I was right next door to a like seven or nine girl suite, which I was quickly dubbed Kimmy Gibbler because I was always knocking on the. Do you get that reference at all? No, I don't. Why don't you explain? Come on. Have you ever seen the show Full House? I've seen the show Full House. Okay. So Kimmy Gibbler is the girl that lives next door that's always constantly coming in there and just fucking being ridiculous. Where you go? Oh, the girl with the. the, Kimmy Gibbler. Yeah, I know. So I was Kimmy. Like, hey, Kimmy Gibbler, come over. I'm like, all right, yeah, I'm going to come over right now. It's just because I live next door. Whatever. Anyways. um, So the girl that I roomed with uh, originally was another girl. I, I, you know, we have the weird, awkward phone call like, hey, I'm uh, I'm Jenna. It's nice to meet you because this was. Uh, Facebook at the time was still only for Ivy League schools, so we didn't have Facebook. There's no real way to find a person unless you had their name and phone number or they had a MySpace that you could creep on. Um, But the girl just wound up never coming. She was from Buffalo. I was like, we're going to hit it off. Just a couple of girls from upstate New York (laughs) hanging out in Boston, having a great time. No show. She, well, I think she had financial problems. Correct. And couldn't come. Is Suffolk uh, public or private? It's a private school. Okay. Private school. I think. Fucking. I don't know. You don't know? <laughs> I'm like, most well, you can look it up if you want to know if Suffolk is public. It's not a fucking state school. I don't know. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm like I didn't mean to take you off track. Yeah. So I, you know, two weeks before I move into my dorm, I find that, that I'm living with this girl. I don't want to say her name, but she had two first names. And I was sort of already pissed because I established this <laughs> over-the-phone rapport with my yeah. new roommate, who's no longer coming. And I'm like, this girl has two first fucking names. Who the fuck has two first fucking names? Like, her name was like, I'll give you an example, like, Jane Betty. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Jane Angela. Simple and you're enough. like, what the actual fuck? So I met this girl, and she was really, really cool. But... As we're moving our stuff in, uh, her like 35-year-old boyfriend is also moving her stuff in. And uh, I thought it was her dad because she had no family because she was a commuter. She lived around Boston. Dad? Yeah. So she was from the suburbs and she was moving in with her like 35-year-old boyfriend. I thought it was her dad. And uh, she was like, oh, no, this is my my boyfriend. And I'm like, wait, what? Like he's literally bald. (laughs) He's bald. And, you know, obviously in the dorms you're not allowed to have any alcohol not only i was 17 when i moved in she was like 18 like Like, he could be a senator sorry what he's old enough to be a senator probably yeah (laughs) 35 i think um and so this i was like oh my god like this girl first of all she had hair down to her ass like she looked like zelda you know all right yeah so um our friends started calling her boyfriend link just because okay um and I was sort of really nervous, like, oh, my God, this girl has, like, this creepy old boyfriend. Like, is he going to be here all the time? Like, what the fuck? No, he wasn't. You want to know why? Why? Because that old-ass motherfucker thought it was such a good idea to smuggle in bottles of liquor while they're moving in on moving day, thinking that they're never going to find it since everyone's moving in so much stuff. No, no. They found it, and he got banned for the entire first year from coming into the dorms. So she would leave... Wednesday night and come back Monday morning. What? For How class. do you have a schedule like that for she freshman? She jammed year? them all in. Jeez, I didn't think oh, that's crazy. So she would leave. So you had the dorm all to yourself. She would leave and go stay in wherever Link lived, 
And so I pretty much had the room to myself, which was fantastic. That's awesome. And then I was also next door to Kimmy Gabla. But my door was always open, and uh, I lived with some very interesting people in the dorm, and uh, one of which used to love to get drunk and come into my room, open it in the middle of the night, make himself a peanut butter and jelly sandwich, and then leave. That's that's a, I like that style right there. That's good. <laughs> he knows what he wants. He I would open my the... little mini fridge and be like, fuck is <laughs> all my bread? I need that. Yeah. I'm so hungry. Yeah. yeah. That's, you know, when I uh, was a freshman, I, you know, I stopped hanging out too much with my roommates and the people on my floor I really got along with. Right. Yeah. We had some good times because, you know, what, whatever you're doing at the end of the night, you're all like in the same area. So well, you can yeah. just kind of, you know, fuck around in each other's rooms. Yeah. But, uh. Yeah, that's funny. Yeah, we did cool. a lot of fuckery. But I definitely didn't start making friends with people until after the first semester. The first semester was kind of rough because I was yeah. kind of lonely. And my 18th birthday yeah, yeah. was like right in September. I didn't know a single human being yeah. there. And I didn't, yeah, I didn't have a very good 18th birthday. I think I yeah. just laid on my bed and like cried about it. Um, and I did want to transfer it for a hot second, but I didn't. I yeah. stuck it out. Once I, I started playing softball... I was like, I was good to go. Well, that's awesome that you found softball and it, you know, made your time a little better. Yeah, well, the only reason I played softball is because I emailed the coach and was like, hey, I'm sort of a mediocre player. Are you guys looking for players? And she called me at my house and was like, we'd love to have you. Like, just come try out as a walk-on. And I made it as a walk-on. I was like, yes. Two years later, what were you? Two years later, I was a captain as a junior. Captain. Okay, it's not that big. No, it is a big deal. You're <laughs> fucking captain. It was pretty dope. Junior year, I mean, I've I've heard of captains, uh, you know, from walk-ons and stuff, but I haven't heard of a junior captain, at least from people I know. That's really impressive. It was pretty dope. It's cool. But and yeah. what position did you play? Uh, I pitched. I played outfield mostly, and I was a lefty slapper. So basically, you had like the highest batting average. Uh, no, not really. <laughs> what is to explain slap? Okay, slapping. You basically are running out of the box, right? And like you leave. You're not running out of the box per se. The idea is to start at the very, very, very back of the box. You're hitting left-handed. Okay. You are taking several steps down the first baseline, but you can't make contact with the ball outside of the box. So your feet have to be in the box when you hit. I think at least one. So it's kind of like a drag bunt. Yeah, except you're hitting. Except you're hitting. So right. in baseball, there's a drag bunt and softball, there's slapping. Correct. Okay. But the idea behind a slap hitter is that you're supposed to have your fastest players become slappers. It's supposed to be a hard chop to the the shortstop, third baseman, second it's in baseman. The for a while. Pref- no. Well, a chop. Yeah. So, so like a ground in, ball that hits uh, hard. It's not. Yeah. It's not a pop fly. It's no, not, it bounces and it goes in the right. air. Right. So. so the idea is to get someone. Wait, why are you doing that <laughs> look? I was confused because you said, yeah, it's in the air for a while. Okay. And I was like, I meant, no, yeah. no, no, ground Chopper. Ball. I know what that means. Okay. Um, the, <laughs> anyways, the idea is to chop something hard down the left field line so that you can beat out even just a ground ball from the shortstop or the third baseman because you're already considerably closer to first base. Because you're a lefty and you're leaning out of the box. And you're already running. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. So anyone that's like a, a relatively good hitter but is very fast, you want to turn them into a slapper. And you were fast then, right? Then yeah. The, I, the I, ideal, ideally, you would have two slap hitters that would follow each other. So the misconception for a lot of people in baseball is that you have – the meat of your lineup sort of like one through four or five. But in softball, it's not uncommon to have 
slap hitters hitting in the one and nine spot yeah. because they follow each other. So when when the you know order rotates, your nine hitter is basically you know essentially your number one hitter. Got it. Yeah, Same yeah, thing. the nine hitter. Like, oh, you hit well, ninth. I'm like, yeah, ninth is dope. You well, fucking idiot. The nine hitter is also referred to as the second leadoff hitter. Right. Yeah. I mean, in baseball, also I've heard right. that. So yeah, no, that's interesting. Well, that's I, w- cool. I wasn't good enough to be number one, no, but I was good enough <laughs> well, to be number you, nine. If it makes me feel any better, I hit nine a lot of my career because right, I was it's a catcher. Dope. It makes a huge difference. But that was I th- I'm not even sure, but I'm you know I still don't know the answer to this, but I'm pretty sure the reason, that, at least in high school and college, the catcher hits ninth is because he needs more time to get his gear back on. <laughs> So, like, if you don't want him leading off and then he's on base and he has to run. Mm. No, that's not the reason. But, um, yeah. Yeah, you either have them one and nine or one and two. Or if there were some seasons where we had three slappers. So we'd have one, two, and nine. Oh, that's cool. Oh, which yeah. Which is fuckery. Slappers. Get wet. But the only problem was that I had really, really terrible form. So I would often uh, just drill the fucking ball into right field. And get a hit? That's how I hit a home run. Into right field because there's a there's a thing in sla- in softball called slap defense, which is they know that you're chopping. So they make it. the shift, right? Can I finish? <laughs> I'm sorry, I just want to finish. Okay, so they, there's a thing in softball called slap defense where they know that you're trying to chop it to the left side so they move the infield in considerably in case you hit it into a gap you have a close infielder to catch that because the idea is that you're not swinging for the fences you're just trying to chop something hard through a hole or add an infielder that's too difficult for them to field in time so when there's a slap defense if you have really shitty form and just give zero fucks, it's very easy to hit it over the right fielder's head because you just fucking lay into it. And because you're hitting lefty, that's just like fucking home run territory. Is there I mean? a fence or it just keeps going? On on our home field, there was no fence over right field. There wasn't left field. Where did you hit it at home? Your home run? Yeah. On the right field? Yeah. Um, but the problem with that strategy is that once you do it one time, they stop doing slap defense on you. Do you know what I mean? So, but then wouldn't it mean that you can slap successfully because they're not playing the right slap shift? Correct. That's awesome. But you can't hit awesome home runs. <laughs> How many home runs did you hit? Just one. Oh, okay. Well, as a lefty slapper, I just hit one home run. It's still, it was like the funniest thing ever. My dad was actually at that game, which was awesome. Like we always said, whoever hit a home run as a slapper, you got like an Iron Lotus, like in Blades of Glory. Like, you know what I'm talking about? Yes, I know what you're talking about. So we would always be like, oh man, I'm going to hit an Iron Lotus this game and just fucking feel it. And no one on my team had ever done it. And I did it. And I was so, like I crossed home plate and I started fucking pissing my pants laughing like, I hit an Iron Lotus. It's possible. <laughs> it's fucking possible. You were a natural right hit hitter, right? Or, yeah. Okay. But I'm so, lefty in a lot of things. You're an ambidextrous person, but you hit righty to start with in softball. As a child, yes. And then you switched over to slap. My question, did you ever get like to the point where you were so comfortable lefty because of all the at-bats you got? Mm-hmm. And then you just started hitting lefty? Or, no, no, no. I, that wasn't the goal. I mean, there are definitely people that, you know, the coach would be like swing away either side, but I'm I'm not one of those people. So you had, you were better righty, like hitting. Power-wise, okay. yeah. Yeah. I don't you have any a, home runs ready? Not that I remember. No. I really didn't get a ton of at-bats my freshman year. Okay. Um, and then I think sophomore year is when I turned around. Yeah. So, you know, you don't really get a whole bunch of opportunities to be crushing. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, no, Crushing absolutely. bombs. Uh, I forgot what I was going to say. Whatever. Well, that's, that's, I mean, I think, uh, 
why I asked that question is because um, well, I I was a switch hitter, mm-hmm. and uh, in baseball, uh, one benefit that both switch hitters and left-handed hitters have is uh, you get to hit a lot from that side of the plate because the only reason you hit lefty for most people is to go against the righty pitcher. Mm-hmm. For whatever pitcher side they throw, you go to the opposite. Right. Uh, and obviously it's dominated by right-handed pitchers everywhere. So, you, you know, well, I switched over to switch hitting my sophomore year of high school um, and I got so many at-bats where I felt like, I'm like, I got, every time I got to the right side of the box, I was like, ah, I feel right. weird. You know what I mean? So I just... Sometimes I would just go lefty on lefty, and I would just, I just felt so comfortable because of all bombs. the FS. Yeah, yeah. Well, what I figured out was that I'm right eye dominant, which is like, I forget how you do it, but it's just really easy to like fucking, I can't remember. To test if you're you right eye. You basically cover your eye and then open. I don't know. It's something like that. And if it moves, then that eye is dominant oh, or not it moved. dominant. <laughs> well, no, I'm just come on. Um, but my right eye sees the ball so much better. So once I turned around to the left side, I felt like I could see the ball so much better because my eye, my right eye was so much closer and was looking. Yeah, it's your lead eye. Right, because yeah. when you're you're hitting righty, you're looking with your left eye. I'm like, ah, that's my wonky eye. That's crazy. <laughs> it not only looks wonky, it is wonky. Wow, so it made that one. That's crazy. It, I've heard I've, of that. As ever. soon as I turned around, I felt like I could see everything happening on the ball. Yeah, that's really cool, man. Yeah. God, when you see the ball and it looks like a beach ball and you're just like crushing it, it's such a good feeling. Bye, bitch. Yeah. You're going bye-bye. Bye-ball. Bye-ball. Get legs, ball. Get legs. Howie, you're a freak. Yeah. So I played top ball for years. Uh, What did you do after you were done playing baseball? Uh, I hurt myself freshman year, rehabbed my whole freshman year summer after the freshman year, and I came back sophomore year thinking i was like good to go uh and it turns out i rehabbed my back i lifted weights i got back in shape uh but the twisting i mean it still hurt my like my back i couldn't do it so i had this point where i was like i was catching a lot of bullpens i was mixing myself in the practices i was doing okay in the practices i would hit the ball pretty hard but at a certain point like i couldn't take enough bp i couldn't throw enough long toss like i couldn't without pain so i had to just train to the point where I wasn't getting better right. and I wasn't competing. So I took myself out. It was the hardest decision I've ever had to make. And I quit. I uh, told the coach I had to hang it up. But um, yeah, I stopped playing baseball. Uh, and then a little while after that, I found uh, Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu, which was great for me. Great for me. I loved it. Still love it. I haven't been back, but I intend to keep training, um, you know, as I, you know, as my life goes on. But uh, it was great because it was, it was an, a competitive outlet for me. After I had lost the only competitive outlet I've ever known. Mm-hmm. And uh, weightlifting too. That's yeah, weightlifting came along a little later. Um, weightlifting came along my senior year, which is my, uh, you know, basically like a year ago I started, you know, not a year, like, a, like you know, eight months ago, nine months ago I started taking weightlifting seriously and I just competed in it. Uh, but yeah, there's that competitive thing in me. I just can't, I can't ignore it. So jujitsu was great off the rebound of losing baseball and then weightlifting now and yeah. Definitely. What else did you do in college, though? Tell me about your college. Um, I, don't, I did a radio program. Mm. Our school, our campus had a radio program. You basically created your own show, had an hour on air, and did whatever you want. Broadcasted it like the student union, and you could listen online. I love that. Um, I did an MMA radio show, which is cool. Like interviewed fighters and stuff. Oh, I'm trying to think, I don't. Uh, oh, well, when I stopped. Being able to afford jujitsu like membership, me and my friend snuck into the gym where there was like pads and stuff, 
and we just rolled around <laughs> and um and uh yeah I kind of lost my thought, but yeah. We rolled around on the pads. Yeah, we just, we were like, we stopped going to class because it was too expensive. Jiu-jitsu class, not class class. And uh, we just decided to get like our compression shorts on. Fucking roll around all sweaty. A couple of bros rolling around in the in the spare mats in the gym at night. That sounded really weird, but yeah. Um, uh, and then I got into the television broadcast journalism program and that's kind of what took up all my time. I did write for the school paper for like a year and a half. So yeah, you that did. was cool. I was a sports editor for a yeah, little while. Yeah, and you had fucking... Okay, I I like your rundown, but I want the fucking drama. Tell me about the drama. Tell me about the fucking... Your school with that news and they fucking sidled you and they were being such dicks and your paper yeah. were dicks well, to you. Everybody I don't really want to go too to much you. into it, but... Yeah, you um, don't need to go into names or anything. You don't have to do any of that, but like... Just be real for a second. Like some some parts of your college experience that I got to witness were like a disservice to you as a human being. And I have the same experiences with a lot of things that happened to me in college. But like, it, it wasn't all great. Some of it was weird. I never said it was all great. Yeah, my college career was not all great. Uh, there was a lot of learning experiences which were hard. Um, one of which um, was the Chapman. Uh, news program, which I have a lot of good things to say about, and I'm not going to just sit here and talk trash about it, but there were certain times where I felt like I was really investing my time. It was basically a, a news channel that the students ran. It was all run by students producing, you know, talent interviews, everything, everything, every single week, there was one live newscast that was done all by the students. And I felt for a while that I had worked my way up and I was really, really psyched. Like I really wanted to do this reporter thing. I had like, I fucking loved being on camera with a mic. I felt confident. I was just into it. And for a while I had put a lot of effort into uh, my stories and um, just kind of bettering myself. And it became really clear to me really fast that some of the people who were in fact younger than me, uh, but who were influential in the program decided that, um, you know, their whole, mo was themselves Mm -hmm. they didn't care about all the young people or about everyone else Mm -hmm. who was participating in making this even a thing it became a really selfish attitude that i started to recognize and i had a couple incidents where you know people said things and i just didn't like it and it just became it really alienated me like for i don't know if any of you have had like or you have had uh something in your life that you like and then the people involved in that thing just alienate you from right, it. And then correct. you like no longer like why, that which thing. Which is why I wanted you to mention it because I think it's really important that people, you know, when looking back on your college experience, that people address the good with the bad. Do you know what I yeah, mean? Yeah, no, I appreciate you asking that because I wasn't going to just bring up negative times, but it's important to talk about. Right, because I think at some point everyone, at least in college, can relate to feeling sort of run down by politics of things. Do you know what I yes. mean? Yes. It's just garbage. It doesn't matter what you're involved in. If it's like a sorority, if it's a sports team, if it's a club, if it's a fucking whatever, you know, you feel it in high school and you feel yeah. like when you get to college, you're, you know, at least people are going to be a little bit yeah. more adult, mm-hmm. but that's not really the case. Yeah. Somebody at some point within their major, within fucking whatever, yeah. they start to feel the politics of things and some of it's really fucked up and yeah. wrong. Yeah. I mean, for example, like uh, in the news, that letter by that sorority girl, you know, basically bullying all of the sorority sisters yeah. whatever the fuck you call them i don't fucking know but like you know just being an asshole yeah and and when you're in that world 
that's one of the most important things to you in your life, right? You've invested so much time into this sorority or news or sport or whatever. And to feel like so run down by the people above you or around you, if you're outnumbered by a coach, by a mentor, a teacher, whatever, it's really fucked up. And the whole system's kind of fucked up in that, you know what I mean? And it only gets more fucked up in life. There's plenty of politics in that. But, like, you're sort of in a safe place that you're paying for and you can't even get fucking just regular-ass people with regular-ass treatment. It's unfortunate. But like you said, I mean, it's a good precursor to real life because that shit exists in real life. And it just sucks because you think because they're your peers, you know, you're going to have a time in college where you can all learn together and you can all kind of be on a team. But in certain situations, the politics just get so overwhelming and strong that egos, there's egos. I mean, there's like, there's, there's, it boils down to egos, really. I mean, especially when you're talking about the Chapman news thing, when you're on camera and there's people who are trying to get jobs out of this school from being on camera, it's all egos. I mean, you're like, you know, you can you can have an ego and be successful and be good at something while also being a team player and learning how to do it right. But then hey, there's also just person. being an egotistical. It, this something I've always felt is a real thing. Like I'm not great at business, but I feel like you can get anywhere that you want to go in life while still being a good person. Absolutely. You don't have to be cutthroat. You don't have to be a fucking shark. I feel like you can get whatever you want in life yeah. if you're a good person. Yeah. Yes. Yes. And you, you, I mean, you look at, You look. There's. Plenty of examples of assholes who are successful. But then you look at like a Joe Rogan or The Rock or people like that who are just the good Rock. fucking people. You know what I mean? They're yeah. great people and they've achieved everything that you can imagine. And it's possible. I think that's a great thing to say that you can do anything and everything that you desire and want to do and right. hope to do while being a good person. And what's unfortunate about these organizations in college is that like they're being rewarded for that behavior. Yeah, you, know you know what? what? And worst... in life people are rewarded for that behavior. Yeah. yeah. The worst part is that I felt like the the staff, because you know it was run by students, but the staff was supposed to have some sort of governing power. Yeah, backing. My problem was that like the staff just kind of like saw this happening. It was just like ah, I'm gonna back away. Yeah. And then suddenly it was just like its own monster. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? No one could regulate it. If you were on right, the shit no end rules. of the stick, then you couldn't change. Right. There was no. Yeah, it's just it, it was what it was. And, um, you know, I could, I could go on all day, but the bottom line is you have these experiences and I'm really happy you brought this up, but you have these experiences and they start in my opinion for me, like in college where, you know, you, things are unfair Mm -hmm. and people aren't nice and they're not good and they're not helpful or, or, or decent at all. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you kind of just have to either deal with, you know, learning how to exist, coexist with those people and thrive, or you have to learn how to say goodbye to something and move out. Because right. it's not your, you have to realize when it's not your turf and when it's not your battle to pick or something you even want to do anymore. Right. You know, I really, you know, I, I had this like six months period where I was like, I was doing these live shots where I was interviewing people or I was talking to the camera live. And I loved the live thing because mm-hmm. it was just like, you have to nail it. And it was all right. that pressure and I loved it. Well, um, do it live. Do it live. What does that mean to play us out? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. But um, fuck it. I've never had something go from like way up here, like of excitement and passion and everything to just kind of flatlining. Uh, and it is what it is. I'm not sad about it. You know, I, I still love interviewing. I love doing this podcast. Yeah. If there was ever an opportunity in my future where I could interview people regularly or whatever. You're really good at it. It's kind of a joke. It's kind of disgusting. I don't know. Like, <laughs> well, thank you. 
it's it's sort of mind blowing because I'm not like that. Like I can't think of my toes that fast. I think on my heels, <laughs> and I, think I get on your there. High heels. Oh, I get there. I get to the point in the question eventually, but not without some fuckery in the no. middle. But the way that you interview people is sort of such. It's like an art and a science that is absolutely 100% a skill that you have honed. Do you know what I mean? So it's sad to me that these people sort of put such a negative air around something that you really enjoy doing and that you're really good at doing to the point where you don't even want to do it anymore. But like, I don't know. I just feel like you can use that ability to talk to people and really think on your toes. Not in a dumbass way. Like most of the people you see working, interviewing people (laughs) on red carpets or fucking on the news. Like you're just like, what's your fucking deal? What is your deal? Can you fucking not suck right now? Yeah. Well, you're going to be able to use it in another arena. I believe that 100 yeah. percent, like wholeheartedly, and I appreciate you saying that because uh, you know I, I I discovered how much I liked it, and then mm-hmm. I just did it all the time. Um, so what I think, I mean, like as much as it kind of just capped me doing the whole you know cookie cutter reporter thing, I just feel like now I can take my talents or yeah. whatever I want to call it, my my passion for talking and interviewing and everything elsewhere and it doesn't have to be in a box this time Mm -hmm. and i'm excited about that and that's why i'm really really jacked about this podcast because it's an opportunity for us to just kind of get on the platform of talking and and do whatever you want yeah 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 i'm not in a box i'm not in their box right as much as i could have been happy that yeah that's what was so funny to me is that we still fucking joke about that it's like oh you don't want that job where you have to like speak the way that they ask you to speak about everything that's going on. I'm Cecilia Vega. <laughs> fuck that God, bitch. God, fuck her. Fuck that bitch. Yeah, fuck her. But anyways, you you absolutely need a certain voice. You need a certain like yeah. way about you in order to be successful in that field, which is just fucking... Have you been watching the news at all recently? It feels so outdated. And they refuse always, to choose always, their... Yeah. Like, change their format. It's just so weird. Like when they're playing viral videos on the news, I'm like, can you stop? They're talking about it like they're talking in the past. It's it's pathetic. No, they're like, we're breaking this right now. Like, yeah, but no, but their manner of which they're talking <laughs> sounds so outdated. Yes. Like, well, I just don't understand why they can't just speak like regular humans. Well, why because it's an old school that, like, institution, the news. It's like you have to abide and, and please all these old people watching at home so they think that they can't I'm advance Jenna. and change. <laughs> <laughs> What an eerie night for the elephant who had lost one <laughs> ear. Like yeah, they have and then these it's ridiculous like puns, and, like horrible voiceover. Yeah, I'm no. like, but oh, that's oh, but the, that's like awful. see hearing like talking about this makes me so excited because now you know I'm, I exist on the internet and I love the internet. Jenna showed me the internet into the oh, capacity. Please. Well, she showed me the, the capacity that you you've been you know a deep I, redditor. I've been a redditor. I've been a red. No, but I'm saying like <laughs> you know you showed me. Uh, the other side mm. and now I'm getting a little taste of that you know people are starting to follow me and everything like that but it's it's very interesting because it's exciting and it's a new thing and I like it and it's a lot about you know doing whatever the fuck you want and I feel like I can take whatever I had you know developed and liked about reporting and talking and interviewing on camera into who the fuck knows into the vast uh, ambiguous future that exists right. wherever 
Well, at least in my opinion, I feel like I do internet-y stuff because I started off just being like, oh, I have like one or two people that I, w- I would want to show this to. But since there's been, you know, other people that are interested in it, I make things for me. I do what I want to do. Yeah. And if people want to watch it, that's fine. If you don't want to watch it, that's fine. Like, I'm still going to do it. Do you know what I mean? So if you like doing things like this or talking to people or interviewing people, like, just give zero fucks and just go do it. Yeah. And then if anybody wants to pay attention to it, they can. If they don't, then fuck off. I'll see you at lunch. Yes. Good Absolutely. story, Jenna. Words to live by. If you have something you want to do, fucking do it. Find a way to do it. And if not, see you at lunch. See you at lunch. Give me your money. Pizza nuggets. Pizza nuggets. Oh, pizza. Sorry. Uh, no, yeah. Yeah. And, um, you know, I, for those of you who had... Who, it was so crazy. I, at my weightlifting meet, this girl came up to us and was like, hey, I recognize you two from Jenna's thing. Uh, hi, can I get a picture? Remember her? Mm-hmm. Um, and then she said to me, um, I loved your interview with Chris Beal. Mm-hmm. How did you even get to meet him? Which was the craziest thing to me because there's an interview on my YouTube channel uh, of me and an MMA fighter, which I actually did for one of my classes at Chapman. But I only picked that interview because I wanted it. I was going to do fucking Councilman in right. Anaheim. Um, but for her to actually have known and ask me about it is like the craziest thing in the whole world. And it's really, really cool. And it makes me happy and it makes me so excited to do it again. Because you're so passionate about Chris Peel and many other MMA fighters. Like why wouldn't other people be interested in it? And the fact that you're interviewing them in a way that's not bullshit. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Uh, You're asking him legitimate questions and not just like the stupid, like, so how are you preparing for your next fight? Bitch, I don't (laughs) fucking care. I don't care. Yeah. There's nothing better to hear after an interview than someone telling me like that was not the interview I expected or I had never been asked questions like you know what I mean like you're you're getting time from them why are you going to waste it right like make it worth their while let them enjoy the conversation talk to them don't even worry about the fucking camera just chill out and have a conversation like you you like you people who watch Jenna's YouTube channel and mine and everyone else's and you know on YouTube you watch them because they're relatable and you you feel like you can get a sense of who they are and they're being them uh, to a you know to a certain extent and. When people do interviews and they're just like, you can't fucking relate to that. You don't know what that is. It makes you want to throw up. Yeah. So it's like when you have a conversation with someone, regardless of whether there's a camera there and you're mic'd up, it's a conversation. You know what I mean? You're going to make them happy. You're going to make the viewer like more enlightened as to who this person is and why you're talking to them. I don't know, man. Well, the only thing I have to say about that from an interviewee perspective for most of these people... Um, their jobs, their lives, their livelihood is beyond them. Like if you're talking about an actor, like there's so many people working behind them to make sure that you fucking, you keep your mouth shut, you say what you're supposed to say, you say positive things about the project, the movie, you know, because we cannot afford for you to just go off the rails and just do a bunch of fucked up shit. Yeah, you're controlled. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're sort of mastered by people whose livelihood and lives also depend on you not losing your fucking mind. Do you know what I mean? So you can't really be a loose cannon and continue to have a job, which is like terrible to me, which is why I suck at mainstream media things because I just don't want to play the game. Do you know what I mean? Play the game. Like all I have is my voice. Why would I want it to be taken away from me and just have everything that I tweet and say and do just be like some promotional garbage? Just so you can abide by some set of rules. My brain, my voice, my everything that I have to say is priceless. Yeah. And it's not worth selling my soul 
to be successful in any arena and then have that taken away from me because it's a business move. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. It's, you can't put a price on being honest and who you are. Like, it's just... But many people do. So I, I feel like the, there's many MMA fighters that, you know, they pump up the fights, they do that sort of thing, but they can't really just speak their mind, for example, about the UFC as a whole, about uh, Dana White. Yeah, do you understand what employer? I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. That's what I'm saying, yeah, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't, and if anyone goes off the rails, you're just, you're cut off. Yeah. You're out. Yeah. We can't have that. Yeah. We can't have you spewing off at the mouth yeah. about things that people aren't supposed to know because that hurts the business. Yeah, yeah. That's what I'm saying is that you sacrifice sort of your freedom of speech and your brain and your mind yeah, you. to be successful at a certain level. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Because then people need to make sure that you're not a yes, bad you business investment. you don't have 100% investment. free reign That's, that's what you are. Yeah. You're an investment yeah. at that point. Do you know yeah. what I mean? You're a talent investment. Yeah. Which I think is fucking garbage. I mean, for the, for well, most for, situations, yes. Well, for many people, they're willing to play the game. And they like that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And they're happy and they're paid and they're yeah. fucking taking care of their families and all of that. Yeah. I well, just don't think I have it in me. <laughs> I mean, I think like, yes, there's a lot, a lot, overwhelming majority amount of situations where someone's hired like a talent and they no longer can say anything they want. They can't do what they're, you know, they want to. They have to listen to their producer or whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, but I feel like the, you know, the point where I draw the line is when I have a strong feeling about something mm-hmm. and I want to voice my honest opinion on something I am passionate about and I can't, no. That's the point. I feel like that's the point where I can't be put in a box. Like I won't agree to anything. You know right. what I mean? Like, and isn't that something that you learn in college? Though you have all these opinions, all these thoughts, and something that you know is wrong. But you yeah. know, if you speak out, you're outnumbered and you're outpowered. And you're wrong in the industry. You're not you right. Know, yeah. You are the outsider. Yeah. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. So it's it's a terrible thing. It's real life. But to me, it's more important to be that outsider and have that opinion and have those feelings than to be. The jackass on the inside that's drinking the Kool Aid. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. I, I I'm not al- drinking that Kool Aid. Yeah. I would align. I would align myself similar to that. Yeah, I, would. I can't do it. I'm just bad. I don't have it in me. Yeah. How you come unplugged like that? My headphones popped out. Oh, good lord! Did Thank you get them back in? I got them back in. Good I got them back in. You, you, me, you, me, you, me, you, me, you, me. Praise, you. praise me. That's right. Good lord. Thanks. Oh. But yeah, I, I, back to just the whole college thing. I mean, uh, you just earned your, your piece of paper. Yeah, got you, the piece of paper. You got your very expensive piece of paper. Looking back on it, uh, as a whole, is college worth it to you? Yes, absolutely. I think a lot of, a lot of college isn't glitz and glamour and super fun and easy or convenient. Um, but at the end of the day... It's something that I feel like I wouldn't be where I am today if I didn't go through. I wouldn't be the person I am with the experience I've had, with the people I've met, the opinions I've made, you mm-hmm. know, just the, the formulation of who I exist as in this moment, I wouldn't have had without college. I wouldn't be here without college. And um, that's for better or for worse. You know what I mean? It's where I am now, for better or for worse. And one other thing, I think college says something about you and it says, you know, this person can follow through on something that isn't necessarily the easiest thing to follow through on. Mm-hmm. So I would absolutely say yes. Mm-hmm. College uh, is, was a good overall thing. And I'm happy I did it. 
Yeah, because I mean, there's a growing opinion that colleges have turned into a business. Yes, I've heard that. Yes, and that they're very expensive. And a bachelor's degree, even like forget about an associate's degree or anything like that, a two-year degree, a four-year degree from a very good college, uh. no longer guarantees you even an entry-level job. Yes. So it's sort of like the argument can be made, is college worth it? And I'm in the same boat as you that I think it's very much worth it. Yeah. Very, very, very much worth it because it proves that you can invest your time and energy into something that's not short-sighted. Do you know you what I mean? You follow through on it. Yeah. You follow through yeah. on a four-year plan. I'm sorry, when you're fucking 17 years old, four years is a lifetime. Do yeah. you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like yeah. knowing that you're going to be there for four years. Or 18 years. for most people. You're 18? Young. Yeah. Well, 17 if you're yeah, applying. Yeah. Do you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, you're yeah. like, oh man, dude, that's forever from yeah, now. Yeah. Graduating. It Seriously. already felt like you spent 10 years in high school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. At that point. You, yeah. So, yeah. Well, good snoring. <laughs> Um, do you want to say hi? But I'm with you and <laughs> I'm with you that I think that it's so worth it because I just feel like you learn how to be who you are. Do you yes. know what I mean? Yes. And no disrespect to people that choose not to go to college and choose to start working in the real world. But yeah. I just feel like that there's something about sacrificing, you know, your future money, happiness, jobs, like whatever your personal goals are, you put them all on hold to just better yourself as a human for four years. It takes a lot of willpower. It's a financial investment. It's a mental, physical, emotional investment. It's yeah. scary. It's terrifying. Yeah. And you never know if it's going to pay off. Yeah. So yeah. I just, I, I got a lot out of it. Yeah. I learned how to be me, Yeah. which is dope. Well, it is very dope. Good high five, Jenna. Thanks. <laughs> Good pat on the back. Thanks. <laughs> Somebody mentioned college parties. I mean, I did not go to a party school. We were both college athletes. We, I was in the dorm for one year and then I was out, although I did live in softball house. There were four yeah. of us that lived there. I've worked Dude, weekends you, since I was like 19. Right. <laughs> so I, And I eventually worked weekends as well. Yeah. But is there like one college party that you could just tell any story about at all? Yes. Uh, <laughs> uh, it was this party uh, close to the door. I think this was my freshman year, maybe my sophomore year. It, you know what? I think it was my sophomore year. But we went to this party near campus. Uh, we were just hanging out. It was fuckery going on inside on the couches and everything. Fuckery going on outside. So I went outside because it was always so hot. Fuckery on the couches? I'm yeah, kidding. People just, yeah. <laughs> wow. Uh, I was outside. Holding my drink, just being the average college dude, just kind of standing there sipping, like just not just just existing. You know what I mean? My friends are around. I don't really know that many people, but I'm just kind of hanging out, you know, whatever. And uh, this guy comes up to me and he starts, you know, doing the thing next to me, like the king of the hill. You know how they all stand. Right, yeah, yeah. So we're just drinking next to each other, just kind of small talk. But I could tell he's, you know, pretty drunk, slurring his words and whatnot. Then he tells me, uh, hold on one sec, bro. Steps to the left, yaks all over. He throws up all over the plants, like just throws up like projectile, but no one's looking. We're like in the back. So like throws up, throws up, throws up. And I'm like, uh, what? And I'm like, kind of, okay. And then he just fucking stands back next to me and continues drinking. Like it didn't just happen. Like he didn't just vomit all over the place. But it was the first time I'd ever seen someone rally at that fucking turnaround speed. They just went, so yeah, what were you saying? Like, I couldn't even believe I was floored. Ain't no shame in his game. That sticks out to me. He's there to party, whether his body wants to or not. His body was ready. (laughs) That was wild. Yeah, that was great. What about you? Any, any experiences stick out? 
Well, it, well, we had a one party that was like, in my opinion, one of the most memorable parties that we ever had. They were yeah. always at our house for some reason. Yeah, and yeah. by party, I mean like, I don't. Forty five people are there, yeah. ma- tops, and yeah. that's capacity because we lived in a four bedroom oh, apartment. It's, when it's packed like that, it's a party. You know what I mean? It's a lot of people in a yeah, small. Yeah, it was mostly just like the baseball team and the softball team, and yeah. then everybody's like significant others. <laughs> yeah, Do you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But then when I was younger, we would go to the other baseball house in Cambridge, okay. which was bigger because they had two floors of the apartment. Got it. Got it. Uh, but one of my favorite parties we threw was a baseball, softball, 80s party. Yeah. It was so unbelievably amazing. And every, like, you know how hard it is like as an adult to get everybody to show up in a costume? Because at this point, you're sort of like, really, dude? Like, do we got to do that? It's not Halloween. Like, fuck you. Yes. Everybody was so bought into it. The music was 80s. Everyone was so 80s. Like, it was just the most incredible fucking time ever. And, you know, after that, the baseball team tried to throw a fucking... I don't know, Western party, Cowboys party. It just didn't work after that. Like, no, we sucked all the fun out. But in terms of like a funny story, um, sorry, mom, if you haven't heard this story already, it's happened. Uh, but on Super Bowl Sunday one year when this other team, like not the Patriots, not the Bills, like nobody I care about is playing at all. And uh, I shotgunned 11 beers in like three hours and no one else was drunk. And thanks. I was really, I was really proud. 11 beers in an afternoon. Well, it was at night because the Super Bowl airs at yeah. night there. Do you know what I mean? That's true. That's true. Yeah. That's true. So, uh, yeah, everyone was sort of like, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, you want to shop at It's the Super Bowl. Dude, fuck yeah. <laughs> and uh, I don't know what I was doing that day. It was just I was just on a mission to shotgun beers. And uh, I got home to my apartment and my friend... Jill and Ashley had taken me home, like, you know, made sure that we walked. I walked home. I was totally fine. You got legs. But I don't remember a lot of it. Yeah. And uh, there's like a three second video that exists because we didn't know how to use my digital camera and accidentally took a video, which we didn't even know was a feature. Do you know what I mean? Like, that big idiots. We could have had so many great movies. Um, Of me just like sobbing my eyes out on the phone with Jackie, my best friend. And Mm. then there's like a bunch of dope pictures where I'm just like, my hair's everywhere. And I'm like, I definitely like peed my pants at one point. There's just like pee on my pants. And I'm like, hey. And I felt there's a picture before and I'm standing outside of her door like, where are you? It's Jenna. (laughs) And then the next picture, I had fallen all the way through her closed door. Like, you know, if you close a door, how hard it is. That's how hard I fell through it. It broke down. Okay. <laughs> and then I woke up the next day and made it to my 8 a.m. science class. Jesus. And the kid next to me, who's God. also on the baseball team, was like, you smell like a homeless person. Go home. And I was like, oh, yeah, I forgot that you could miss classes. <laughs> yeah. I've never done that. Yeah. I was really it's always a so. weird, enlightening experience when you're like, oh, I can miss class. But yeah. It was, uh, I think I was like a junior or something when that happened. Julian's story, zero. Jenna's story, one. But I was like, no, maybe it was a sophomore or junior. I don't remember. But I was like old enough to where, you know, you could have skipped tons of classes. But I was like, I've literally never done that. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea because I'm hammered. I need it. I was just going to go through the day like this. Yeah. Well, that that's uh, that wins. And it's an epic college story. That sounds magical. That first night of the 80s when everything went well. That sounds amazing. Oh, so magic. My um, friend showed up in roller skates. That's really cool. Fantastic. 
That's really cool. I like that everyone was into it. That makes all the difference in the world. It never happens. Never. Anymore. It's magical. That's why. It's magical because right. it never happens. And then Jackie got on this little iPod and goes, this song goes out to my brother, Troy. Troy was like nine at the time. My God. And she played like some fucking Metallica or something. And Get everyone's it, Jackie. like, dude, Jackie, your brother's like a child. She's like, yeah, but if he was here, I'd play this song for him. I'm like, get it, DJ. Get it. Go, <laughs> nice, DJ. Nice, That's nice. DJ. <laughs> that is awesome. Yeah. But for the years before that, we also had one CD that we'd play on repeat at every party. Oh, yeah. Shake that ass for me. Shake, shake that, that ass, ass for me. Come on, girl. Shake that ass for me. Shake but that was like before you had like it's so, no one had an iPod. Yeah, you know what I mean. It's just an M&M that they CD. were willing to leave out at a party because yeah. everything got stolen. Yeah, yeah. We yeah. played one CD over and over and over <sighs> and over and over and over. Never got old. For Never, some reason. especially when it's that song. I it mean, was M&M. great. Yeah, come on, come on. It was a mix. That song was on it. Got it. Okay, got it. Yeah. Well, that's a good song to have on a mix, right? Because it basically is timeless. Mm-hmm. Like Ray Bans, mm-hmm. Rome, timeless. <laughs> Never goes out of style, but I love that song. It's a good song. Yeah. Shake that ass with me. Shake that ass with me. Oh, girl, shake that. Okay. Marble, do you want to say hi? Marble, don't hit your head on the the spit guard. I hit his head on there because his head's so giant. Marble, is your head big for your body? Well, when he wakes up, he goes like, he's like, (laughs) Is your body small for your head? Thanks, Janet. Body? Marble, you have a body? But yeah, I mean, there's there's so much to talk about in college, uh, about college. Yeah. I mean, like we could definitely revisit this topic in someday in the Absolutely. future. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. Because there's just a lot. Like, I feel like my last couple of years, I were fucking, shit got so real. But, uh. Yeah. Well, I'd, I'd love to go through the last couple of years sometime, you know, because. It's been a fantastic it's podcast. It's been a great podcast. But, you know, I like how our, our experiences are so different, but we can also find, uh, you know, relatively, you know. Relatable ground, at least. Mm-hmm. And I think uh, the second, you know, the next time we talk about college, it'll be no different. But thank you guys for yeah. watching. Yeah, thank you so much for um, watching. I'm like sweating now. I know. We turn off the AC so you guys don't have to hear that humming. So <laughs> the we always AC's get too real loud, hot. But it's like really hot. Yeah. And I should have changed my shirt. <laughs> this is a bad plan. But um, you guys, uh, thank you so much for watching. And thank you. Uh, subscribe. We'll be here every single Monday with a new podcast. Every Monday. And um, we, uh, if we haven't by now, uh, we should be on iTunes soon. But by the time this We're comes out, we out. should definitely be on iTunes and we'll link it everything uh, in the description. Thank you, Ustream, for watching. And uh, we'll see you guys next week. Yeah. And sorry for those of you that I offended by saying retarded. She didn't mean it. Please but forgive she did, me. But she did mean Cecilia Vega's a bitch. <laughs> I'd like to reiterate that. Fuck that bitch. 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 No, I'm sure she's not a bad person. She's, she's a bad person. No, she's not. She's just, she just had an idiotic moment or 10 yeah, or 10 or 20 or she's a bad person. She's not a bad person. <laughs> I'm just kidding. We don't love you, but you're not a bad person. All yeah, right. we don't love you, but you ain't bad. You not the best. We the best. We <laughs> DJ Khaled, a lot. We the best. Oh, if any of you, oh, we're so, we just ended the show. We just yeah, ended. we're not done. <laughs> But if, if any of you listen to the Sirius XM show, I talked about how much I love following DJ Khaled on Instagram. We will link DJ Khaled's Instagram, Instagram for you. We'll link I did it. that on one of the podcasts, yeah, right? Yeah, you did. Oh, okay. you did. Never mind. We'll link his Instagram never for mind, you. Mind, no, no, we'll link it. All right. You, it's there now. But um, follow us on all the things. And we'll see you next week on see Monday for week. another podcast. I got to pee so bad. All right. Bye. <laughs> bye.